0: this is ken goes live here on the good people association tonight special guest author poet swifty zara lisbon and now your host ken napsok that is me hello everybody I'm doing my own announcing, yes, I like my pay rate, I know I can afford it. Hey everybody, welcome to episode two of Ken Goes Live here on the GPA, so happy to have you here, we might have some new people coming on in, we have some old favorites around as well, we do have a live chat going, you can always get involved in the conversation there, you can stream lab, you can super chat, all those kind of things, but this show just runs on the conversation that our guest brings, and uh, we're? Glad you're all here today. Uh, don't forget to go to the gpa.fun which is our website. The merch store is up as always, but now more importantly we have new merch. Hoodies, a uh, uh, there, there, oh, Kaika, you're on board. Oh, Kaika Shively pressing the buttons. Uh, we got the find the good. We got the be good people. Uh, we've got the GPA hoodie. We got the new Positivity Report mug. If you want to have some coffee, juice, or alcohol in the morning with us, that coffee mug is there for you. Don't forget also uh, our episodes of uh, Ken Goes Live, uh Josh Purdy, Positivity Report, Riley's Cantina are available in podcast form. You can uh, search your favorite podcast Location Catcher, wherever you go. Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify, all those wonderful places. Search for the Good People Association. The podcast feed is up there. Uh, The Afternoons with uh, Josh Cannon Amanda is also its own feed. We're in the middle of transitioning from the old one to that one, so bear with us, but you can search and find it. And very soon, my Game of Thrones uh, Song of Ice and Fire podcast, Casterly Talk, will be available under uh, the Blue Wire GPA banner. We're working with the fine folks at Blue Wire to bring you the GPA podcast podcast network the hunk is on it says kingsport cow and the hunk is so with the housekeeping out of the way let's get to the top of the show all right top of the show tonight some things on my mind i uh, just want to uh take a different approach in, in hopes that maybe this will calm some things down here with uh, my uh, my arch rivals the mosquitoes of the world Yeah, that's right. I know the internet loves lists, favorites, best ofs, and I thought about listing my favorite places to get attacked by mosquitoes. I thought, though, that might be a little antagonistical. It might be me poking the mosquito bear, as it were. I want to take this moment to just congratulate mosquitoes for being the hardest working creatures on this planet. How you get up and into my socks and down towards my ankles to bite me so ferociously that I now have festering wounds like I'm in the medieval times is a skill that I don't think any of us humans have tapped into yet. Your uh, just dedication to the cause is something to be admired. And maybe by paying my respects to you, mosquitoes, you'll stop slowly killing me over the course of a weekend. Oh, mosquitoes, changing the world 17 million bites at a time. Also, what's on my mind today here at the top of the show is one of my heroes. That's right. The creator. Not God, but close enough. George Lucas. You might have seen this picture going around the internet yesterday. Oh, man, the internet does love its funny pictures. Grandpa George going to museum wearing a... Jean shorts, maybe, or some kind of short, those socks going knee-high, the (laughs) oversized button-up shirt. Yes, yes, this is the man that built most of our childhoods. And here's the thing, it's easy to poke fun, It's George being George, we know about George. But I was thinking about this a little bit more. Not only do I love George, I love the Star Wars universe, and I think you all owe him an apology for attacking the prequels in my, my generation specifically, when George literally predicted, about 2016 on, with his take on how democracy and governments fail and big organizations fail and fall from within and not just the Phantom Menace on the outside of it all. But that aside, this is a week in which uh, we are very, uh, you know, I don't have a problem with billionaires getting to space uh, overall. You know, uh, do what you want to do. You got a billion, couple billion, multiple billions go to space. Fine. I don't know what that says. It's got me worried. But uh, when they're racing to get to uh, other parts of the galaxy, and this man, George, built other parts of the galaxy, even it's just in our minds and hearts and souls, George gives away most of his money. George uh, donates to charity. George fights the good fights. George builds museums. George is George. He's not Flash. He's not Pomp. He's not Circumstance. He just teached Uh, taught, teached. He needs to teach me to speak in better words. He taught generation after generation uh, with his moral table, his moral fable, I should say, of uh, choices and how your choices determine the next steps in your life and how your choices can go bad and how there's redemption to pull back from those choices. He taught us all valuable lessons while trying to help those around him and help those less fortunate. He's not worried about getting to space. He's worried about our hearts and minds and souls and a comfortable pair of shorts. So George Lucas, people might might make fun of you looking like a grandpa going out for a, a nice uh, raspberry phosphate, but I respect everything you've done. So George Lucas, thank you. And that is the top of the show. Before we get to our special guest here today, we're going to go to a uh, conversation with an Ewok. Hey. I've always wondered. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, look, it's none of my business. You know that. And quite frankly, it's a hacky joke. If you want to eat grilled rebel or, or smoked imperial, whatever cooks well over an open flame, I'm not going to make fun of it. Like I said, it's kind of hacky. But I've just, since I've got you, I've always, I've always wondered if they had gone through and finished cooking Han Solo. What would you have put on them? What serves well with a smuggler? gratin potatoes, some green beans, what goes on them? Dijon mustard? How do you get Dijon mustard at Bright Tree Village? No, 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 I, I'm not suggesting that. I, I know you have a fully functional import an export kind of based economy, I, I totally get it. I told, I did not did that. mean that. did I, I sorry. pay more respects to you. right, my friends. Yep, that's what I do in my spare time in uh, my bed. Well, the forest moon of Vendor. All right. I'm very excited to welcome uh, my guest here today. She's the author of uh, a few things, but uh, this right now. Yeah, see those post-it notes? Those are real notes I made. Baby's First Apocalypse is a collection of wonderful poems by our guest today. Please welcome to Ken Goes Live, Zara Lisbon. Yeah. Where we go? Oh, oh, you got you got a one. You're here. How are Hi, you? I'm good.
1: How are you? Are you? Are you? Yeah. Are you? Thank you for having me. This
0: is spectacular. We are doing an LA thing right now. We are meeting over a show.
1: That's true. That's a hundred percent. That's what we do. We have just met, and <laughs> we're here on, a, on we're here live on a podcast. You, we
0: literally you ran into the studio, and uh, and I was like, sit down. We're gonna do a show. We're gonna get yes, to know, we that, get to know each that's other. That's how it went. Now I'll start here. Uh, you are uh, married to a friend of mine. Yes. Okay, who's a previous guest of Internet for Old People here. Uh, his name's Scott. He, he's not important here today.
1: Not today. He doesn't
0: matter. What <laughs> matters is, is you, an author, a poet, and I want to dive right into this. What is the biggest kind of uh, personal reward you take from writing?
1: Personal reward that I take from writing is the very Special event and occasion of when someone has read my work and can tell me what part they loved yeah. about it, um, and um, especially when that person is is young. I feel like when some, when like high schoolers tell me like, "Oh, I loved reading your book. It made like my year so much better." That is a extremely rewarding experience.
0: Well, I'm nervous right now because um, I'm not young. So can I th- <laughs> can I tell you I enjoy your writing? <laughs> yes. Yes. I asked that question first because it's very easy to to dive into the origin story of any of any writer of any author uh, where it began, and I'm interested in that stuff too. Did you write a story at two and three and scribble something, and there you go, your journey started? But I, I love kind of starting with the uh, once you get all all through the, the the hard part of creating, which there's always a struggle with writing, like what you take from it, and you, you're very accomplished already, and a long career in front of you. But I want to know: are you, are you comfortable? Do you take stock already in what you what you do?
1: That's such a great question. I it, Sometimes I do, but mm-hmm. more often than not, I have to stop and remind myself, like, you're 31, you have published three books. That's good. Right. That's a good thing, because most of the time I'm worried about what I haven't done yet and mm-hmm. what I want to do next and um, why am I not on bestseller lists and yeah. Why is it not a hit TV show yet? Right. You know, like, that's um, the really silly stuff that um, I used to always tell myself growing up, like, once you get a book published, stop complaining about everything, because that will be all you need. And as soon as I got the first one published, all that went out the window. So I try to remind myself as often as possible.
0: I made a nice graphic of the, of the books. I, I can show that, but then you showed up with some wonderful copies of the books. But uh, these are the two books uh, that are already out, Fake Plastic Girl, Flake, uh, Fake Plastic World. Um, and then the, the poems, which we're going to get into that first. Uh, this is uh, fascinating stuff. I, I, I know you were uh, born in Venice, right? I was born in New York, but raised, N- raised in, in Venice.
1: Venice, yeah. So I spent my whole childhood
0: in, in Venice. Out on the oceans here in L.A., yes. and these books take place there. So, uh, But then it spirals into something else. There's some a murder. There's a murder mystery. Because you can't have murder without a mystery.
1: Yeah, um, that would be weird. How
0: much of this, including the murder, was taken from your own life? <laughs>
1: um, a lot was taken from my life except the murder. I would say the murder Yet. was... Yet. Yet. That still could happen. <laughs> um, although, you know, like, I did grow up in L.A. Mm. with, like... Very dark stories always around. Yeah. So even though in this book her closest friend is murdered, that never happened to me. But there, there were always those stories. Um, or even uh, when I was in high school, a kid went missing. We still haven't found him to this day. So wow. no one knows what happened yeah. to him. So stuff like that always got my imagination going, for sure, even if it wasn't happening directly to me.
0: That's fascinating. My home, my, roughly around my high school class, uh, a case that just got solved, Kristen Smart's murder, was my high school area, wow. my college, San Luis Obispo, that whole area. That's wow. weird. Is that just going around? Other people out there? Scott just nod. you Do you have a, someone who was missing? <laughs> it's dark. I'm, I'm making a dark joke, but, alright. Yeah, <laughs> that's weird, the fact. So you're drawn from that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah
1: that, that sort of stuff. I love those kind of unsolved mysteries. Yeah. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? Who doesn't? I prefer solved mysteries, to be honest. Well, that's, that's the journey. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah the journey. It's the journey. Uh,
0: I, so I will ask the, the origin uh, question. When did you make this decision that uh, I know I have these skills, I want to develop these skills, and I want to do something with these skills?
1: It was originally when I was, I mean, I first started writing stories when I was eight, and I thought it was so cool and so fun. But my original goal with writing, um, you might appreciate this, um, is that... I wanted to meet Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen when I was 8 Same. years old yeah. and I thought if I could write <laughs> if I could write a a movie yeah. that they could star in then I could meet them. So that's actually how I started writing and then it wasn't until I was 16 so 8 years later that I realized, "Oh, I'm actually not bad at this." Yeah. And my mom encouraged me to pursue it.
0: Well, that's pretty valuable. Uh, but go- also that shows <laughs> What shows me is that at 8, you already understood how to make it in this business. Right? <laughs> Option? Make make twice the money. It'll happen.
1: Yeah. It'll yeah. happen.
0: They could start, uh, and, you know, something like this there. This is wonderful. Uh, yeah, a, a, a published book is an, uh, just one alone is in a, a tremendous effort. And I only I uh, only have one and probably will only have one because at least three or four times during the writing process, I, people think I'm joking, was face down on my bed in a pillow crying that I, I cannot go on. Uh, I believe. Share your breakdowns.
1: <laughs> I believe it. Share um, your writing breakdowns. It, I mean, I think writing, I break, when I'm writing novels, mm. and I am writing one now, I have a nervous breakdown every day.
0: What I, do you, where do you think that comes from? What is
1: that? Like, why can't we just write? Yeah. And like, maybe it's difficult, but that yeah. doesn't mean you have to have a meltdown. <laughs> <laughs> like, I
0: mean, I, I and I love all professions. I was in a, in a in a day job that was completely different from from what I do now. And I had some bad days and I have those days, but I never remember breaking down. Right. Right. Does the it, bank manager break down no. about bank
1: managing? No, not about. No. It may be about like, where is my life going? That might be. A different, but yeah. that, but like not about the job, not about the job. No. Yeah. No, and maybe he likes his job. Like th- maybe he likes the stability of it. I think maybe that's the key of it. Is mm. is with writing? There's just no where to ground yourself,
0: really. So there's no real finish line with no. creative work. Because like I said, no. you've got I I'm on on my desk here. I got three of your works. Yeah, that's an amazing accomplishment. And and it sounds like you give yourself that that room to say, "I hey, I did that." But it's still not the end. And no. it's <laughs> It's a hole we're constantly chasing to fill. Yeah. What are we doing? What are we doing? doing?
1: How are we going to, what I ask myself all the time is, how am I going to, I mean, if I'm not satisfied now, then I'm not going to be satisfied with Mm. Pulitzer Prizes and Nobel Peace Prizes. And so how do I, the the goal then would just be to work on being happy, satisfied, happy is a stretch, satisfied (laughs) now. Now it has to it has to be now, or it's it's yeah. not going to be down the line.
0: That's well, that's that's. I think that ties into kind of the the idea of of it's not the destination, it's the journey, and all those kind of bumper sticker things. Yeah, but they're bumper sticker things for for a for reason. For a reason. And it's easy for you to say that to yourself, and it's easy for me to go, yeah, you're right. But every day waking up, and you know, I'm sure you look at this and go, I could have done better. Or why that's, isn't this?
1: That's like all I think about is how I could have done better and how much I've learned since I wrote them. Yeah. And,
0: and how you can you got to learn, I guess, I guess with anything in life, you got to learn to leave behind that period of time and move on. Yeah. Keep going.
1: Yeah. And say yeah. I, I was that age. It was my first and my second novel. Come yeah. on. Go easy on yourself.
0: Yeah. And the fact that you have a, have a one, have a two, and now a book of poems.
1: Yeah. Book of poems. That's good. This
0: is uh, so I'm 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 not uh, I'm not joking here. These are post-it notes. I, I You know, I don't want to be an unprepared, you know, interviewer here I'm just like yeah poems good tell me about them uh, there's very uh, very just just every one of these is just very interesting very uh, thought-provoking hu- humorous funny uh, I'm not gonna go through it embarrassing just like read all of them here but and we're gonna get the one that says Swift we're gonna get to that <laughs> one in a, in a second segment of the show here uh, I, I love just you have the one in case you're wondering the price of love is one post-it note.
1: Post-it note. Post-it
0: note with the parentheses written on it like this. And you have the blank. Just remember that love comes and goes and that whoever promises their love will last forever doesn't have the authority to make such a promise. Uh, did you write that at like nine, ten? When did you write that?
1: Um, I wrote that when I was 22 and yeah. going through uh, my first ever breakup.
0: The first big one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And he had in the beginning of our relationship, he had slipped me a, a post-it note. Uh, with a parenthesis on it because that was the name of a song that he mm. wanted me to listen to was just parentheses, mm. and um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: so when I was going through that breakup, I was so mad at him and was just like that was just my fuck you poem. <laughs> <laughs> There's a few of them in there. Uh, a, go- a-, a
0: good a uh, good a good fuck you poem is a good thing. Uh, they know these uh, wonderful things, and a lot of them because of uh, being raised out here, mostly especially Venice. They're very. Uh, including some LA details, and in a way, there, uh, there strikes me of like I don't know, like Paul Thomas Anderson's always writing writing about the San Fernando Valley, and you could feel it. Right. Uh, a lot of LA, but then you have the one about uh, New York there. The the uh, the uh, degrees of sparkle. I felt like I was walking around New York. There's other things in here. I definitely your experiences uh, in this in this particular one. But um, I, do you do you, what do you what do you feel when you write about a city? Like how do you try to capture that? Can you?
1: How? Yeah, I mean- really it feels like it. I mean, that's so that's an interesting question. And I've been thinking about it recently. How do you how do you go about something intentionally from the Mm -hmm. beginning? And normally, that isn't my experience, because normally, I just write and then I will see, oh, this one is shaping up to Mm -hmm. be about New York, for example. Um, But when I give myself the assignment of how do you, you know, like, can you really, like, in the beginning of quarantine, I wanted to write a poem about someone who believes COVID is a hoax. Mm. And I couldn't because that was an assignment that I right. had given myself. Yeah, And so I, I don't, when I write about a place, I can't try to make it about the place. I can just pull on my yeah. closest memories of that, that place.
0: The pand- well, you got the the pandemic walk here as uh, uh, the note as I have here, um, walking home alone in a pandemic, and I got to tell you, uh, you captured a, a a feeling of of being a, a, in in a silent city, a big silent city during something like this. For me, it was uh, I was out here uh, and, and working public safety uh, on nine eleven in the night of, mm. uh, hearing nothing but military jets flying over the city is something that I'll remember more than anything else of experiencing it. And, and I'm reading this and I'm going. I didn't experience your specific walk here from Romaine under Crescent Heights. I, but I will never forget that feeling of 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 an empty city. Right. So I have no question. I just want to say kudos.
1: Thank you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. That's
1: amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's it's uh, we're and we're all trying to process this.
1: Right. And we're still trying to. I mean, it must after nine eleven. It must have taken forever to process and. It, and it, maybe you still are. Yeah.
0: But well, and I wasn't, you know, I wasn't in New York, I wasn't in D.C., I Wasn't. In, but right. I had some friends and a friend of a friend and that kind of thing. But yeah, just we all went through it and watched it live. Yeah,
1: and, yeah. And that's my memory. Right. We, yeah, and I was so young for mm. that, that like, I mean, I was sort of oblivious. I was old sure. enough to understand it. But this is the second time I think that's happening now where the entire country, but also world now, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is is kind of like, trying to recover and it's so disorienting
0: and we have to allow ourselves that recovery
1: i thought it was disorienting when i wrote this poem yeah. and then like now it's e- it's almost even more disorienting that it- we're at the other
0: end of the whole thing uh yeah we hope uh we're fully vaxxed here in this office but uh, yeah. well, it looks like we might be putting masks on and yeah still and i still am too and yeah. it's a weird thing and and i know what you mean too it's like you can't as a writer as, a, as an author as a poet you can't you can't you can only put yourself so far into someone else's experience. Mm-hmm. We can, yeah. but but especially with something like this, it's got to be personal.
1: I'm very impressed when people uh, can put themselves can completely just. Mm. It takes a certain level of genius, I think, to be able to have that level of compassion. Of oh, here's a character I know nothing about them. I'm just going to dive right in and speak yeah. from their perspective. And
0: songwriters have a way of doing that. I'm a big fan of Liz Fair and a lot of some of her mm. bigger, biggest hits, uh, particularly on some of the, her middle albums. I'm like, that's so great. I want an experience. And she's like, I, I just kind of made up that character. But you know, obviously, I know it drew, drew from somewhere. But right. I'm like, I couldn't.
1: They draw from yeah. somewhere, but I couldn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. I, so far, I haven't been able to do it.
0: Uh, you know, you can do an assignment. You can, you can, we'll practice. Yeah, you, you, we'll you figure practice. We'll yeah,
1: you proct- yeah. I think it's like anything else. You practice.
0: I do. Uh, we're not. We're gonna talk about some Taylor Swift. We're gonna. Don't Great. worry, folks. We're gonna talk about some Taylor Swift here. Can't wait. But I want to talk about uh, poetry itself here. Mm. Uh, it's uh, First of all, I was thinking today. I was like, who are my favorite poets? And I was like, Shell Silverstein and the Vogons from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. <laughs> I don't think I know poets. Right. Did you have any uh, direct influences? You list some, but what are some uh, specific ones?
1: Well, so I got really into poetry with Sylvia Plath. And yeah. so I would say she's my favorite. Um, and then um, T.S. Eliot is right. a, another one that I, I think had an influence on me. Um, and then... I've started really reading. I went to grad school and started reading my colleagues' poetry and the professor's books that, yeah. that worked there. So I, I read – now I read – there's this um, author or poet, Morgan Parker, who I just discovered through people at my grad school, mm. and then Matthew Dickman, who was a professor at my grad school – and kind of just um, Jamal Mays, who was also a professor at my grad school. So it's like not, I mean, I don't even know what a famous poet is unless they're dead. But <laughs> but so these are Stay like... With yeah. Stay
0: with us. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, um, I, so I really identify with that, not to turn it into my own experiences here, but in terms of stand-up comedy, yeah, I've got my... F- favorite comics right. but people used to ask me I'm like well it's it's, it's the guys and gals I'm working with Everybody.
1: yeah the guys you see yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It, it
0: it tracks it right works.
1: it works it tracks that adds up yeah it adds yeah, up, it adds it adds
0: up. up. <laughs> um saying uh, saying you're a poet is is uh, it's easy for anyone i i i've got about 200 song lyrics hidden in a binder that i wrote at 20 they'll never see the light of day yeah they'll never see the light of day i think uh Putting poetry out is braver than even some of the wonderful other words you've written and other people have written. How, how did this come about? How did you finally decide to do this?
1: So it was it was about like six months into quarantine, and I had just gotten back into being able to write poetry. I had like five years where I I was had just severe writer's block when it came to poetry. Mm. Um, but so I wrote a bunch in quarantine, and then I I took the ones from before the hiatus and combined them and just wanted to see how many I had. And then I. um, it all comes back to Taylor Swift, really. It is always going to come back to Taylor Swift. But she was very productive during quarantine and very vulnerable, as always. And I'm always inspired by how if she is scared to be vulnerable, we don't know about it because she just does it. Yeah. And um, I felt like I actually had a moment where I started like craving vulnerability, like I needed to do something vulnerable. And so I reached out to some publishers and I was like, I just would love to do this. Wow.
0: No, that's I mean, I can't wait to dive into these myself. Um, you're writing characters, you're writing experiences. Uh, narrative is hard to put together, but you're so right. This is this is. Unapologetically, you. Yeah, you can't hide behind much.
1: I didn't think I could do this ever. Wow. That's why I did these first, and like when mm. I was younger, I was able to do these. I'm 31 now. It mm. wasn't until now that I was able to do this. Um, in terms of writing them, is one thing, but uh, sharing em. sharing them.
0: You're you're on a you're on a show. This old guy with a gray beard's got post-it notes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're in these pages. Yeah, you're these pages, and you did it. And there's know. more to come. Yeah. Right? Yes. Yeah, I'm going to pressure you to do that. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> I'm working on on hopefully a second
0: book of yeah. poems. All right. You mentioned Taylor Swift. We are going to take a uh, quick uh, uh, break here as we uh, share uh, some facts for you all. Then we're going to dive come back and we're going to dive in to the Taylor Swift of it all and other pop stars as well. Go ahead and okay. All right, all right, all right, all right. 25 years ago, the uh, UK release, it was released a little bit later, almost I think January 97 in America, uh, Spice Girls want to be a song that absolutely changed the world. Now, If you watch my programming enough uh, here, especially the, uh, the old show, Internet for Old People, you know I have a, uh, I don't even know what to call it. I'm a fan of the Spice Girls. And I wasn't always a fan of the Spice Girls. When I was a rock DJ in the 90s, I used to go on air and just tear them apart because how could anyone love this and then one day i realized i absolutely love the spice girls music the same cycle kind of repeats over and over britney spears who of course uh we're rooting for her we're rooting for she gets to choose her own lawyer now we got some movement in this case here uh her christina aguilar it doesn't matter every generation always says throws up a pop chart paul uh, throws throws a hero up the pop charts as paul simon once sang and then we love to tear them down, and we love to destroy them, and we love to cast them aside, and just uh, you're fluff, you're done, you're nothing, and this shattered human uh, remains. And and we have uh, uh, we do that time and time again. And I uh, I, I I turn to you now, Zara, hmm. because Excited. Excited. when I hear that you're you you are a, a Taylor Swift fan, a Swiftie as they're called. Yes. Uh, you are a fan. Are you a fan of Spice girls as well?
1: I am a mega Spice Girls nice. fan, and when I heard no. that you were too, that's when I first knew I wanted to come talk to you because that's a big deal.
0: And we're, we still might be doing. A, I'm trying to put together an Internet for Old People uh, version of a, a Spice, just a Spice Girls just Spice. episode. Yeah, <laughs> was, uh, that was going to be. I was. I was thinking that it was going to be the first time to have you on, but then I, 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 I cooked up this uh, this idea of a show, and 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 yeah, I really want to talk to you about that right now because we'll di- again we'll dive into Taylor Swift here. It is easy from a, a casual onlooker to look at the, the two of us here on the screen and say, well, of course, she's going to like this. It's marketed for the youngsters, the girls. And, and I'm over here as a music fan that just thinks at the end of the day, take away your own personal pretension and, and ego. And great music is great music. Mm-hmm. And even if you get it or not, and I have embraced that. How, 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 does, how do you take that music, Spice Girls, whenever you, you, you came to love them or Taylor Swift, and how do you grow with them as a fan?
1: That's oh my god yeah. Um, well, first of all, when you love something, you love it yeah. truly, and you don't get over it. You don't move on. Oh, that's so great. that's that's how. Even though I do, my tastes evolve, and I, I will notice that. Oh, Taylor Swift's early, early stuff is less speaks less to me sure. than her current stuff. But that's because we were both 16 when she was writing that stuff and now we're both 31 and so of course it's going to make more sense to me so I resonate more with that but the stuff with the Spice Girls I have my childhood was just made up of memories of Spice Girls Mm -hmm. they meant the world to me as soon as they came out they came out in England first like you said and my friend best friend um, always did vacations in England so she came back from England before we had them here. And she was like, I have the CD. You have to listen to it. You have to hear it. It's so good. And she had magazines with all of the pictures of these. And I I still vividly remember being like, how am I ever going to remember which one is which Spice Girl? Like, they're all so... But of course, like within seconds, I knew them all.
0: I, I love that. Uh, she's like, I've come back from the future, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I've come from afar. I brought spices and spice and girls. Spice girls. <laughs> um, I, I'm no, I'll never make you choose a favorite, but do you have someone that you lean to?
1: I do lean to Jerry, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I always did.
0: There's something. Even with her leaving, and you look back, and I just, I watched the documentary that was actually, it's already uh, several years old, but the documentary about their kind of kind of mid-2000s yeah. comeback. I got a lot of what she was trying to do.
1: Yeah. She, no. took, she took a lot of heat. Absolutely. People hated her for it. Yeah. And I actually hated her for it because we had tickets to see the the tour, and she ended up not being in it. Yeah. I saw a tour with four Spice Girls. That, that makes me want to cry.
0: <laughs> maybe, maybe. There's still time. they're still time. look well, I,
1: then I then I came back for the 2007 okay. yeah. and yeah. saw them all together that's right
0: that's that was the yeah. time frame um, and 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 specifically here to 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 dive into some of the details again going back to the mid 90s I'm in my early 20s hopefully all of us in our from our 20s uh, mature and continue to mature and grow and I was in rock radio and I'm a, I'm a huge Oasis fan and and they're mm-hmm. co- they come out of that UK lad culture which kind of dominated in a lot of ways not just music but the magazines and all this kind of thing. And and I, I'm never, not here to decry that, but out of that comes someone like me with hair down to my, uh, you know, belt and a big rock roll beard going, I, I can't, even if I didn't connect with the Spice Girls music, I I just can't allow for it to happen. And that discounts, you know, what, what I don't like about that. Now, this goes the way I talk about Star Wars, how I, I adore everything that's in the prequels, but I also adore what they introduced, that they introduced this franchise I love to a new generation, and you got to allow for that to happen. For me, as a rock DJ, almost, I almost feel like I'm apologizing to you. Now, did you listen to K-Bear back in Pismo back in the day? Probably not.
1: You know, when I was seven, all yeah, the time. Yeah,
0: all the time. Um, it's like, how could I go out of my way to deny the experiences that you, you were having with this band? Right. It's not fair.
1: Right. It's not right. It's not right, even though, I mean, what I really credit my parents... With was that like all the parents were hating on the Spice Girls. Yeah, it's so easy much. to do sometimes. And they were always, I always heard other parents saying, like, it's not music, turn it off, this isn't music, like it's so outraged. Yeah. And I remember my parents, they had great taste in music, and I knew that they didn't love what they were hearing, but yeah. they totally supported. What we yes. w- they were like, yes, like my mom took us to get tickets to, like, she was like yeah. absolutely supportive of <laughs> the Spice Girl yeah. thing,
0: which well, was great. It leads to other conversations too. It's like, all right, you, 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 may not like a country, a rap, or any other genre, but the, to, to uh, that thing that, 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 I just, it's not acceptable. Well, that's not music. That's, no, 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 no. You're discounting cultures, upbringings, experiences, so much of oh, that. Oh,
1: people love saying what isn't music. Yeah. And it's like, okay, to you, maybe you're not yeah. loving it, but.
0: Before yeah. we get to the big one here, we're in i we're gonna transition specifically on the Spice Girls. Can you explain to me what that meant to have five women on stage talking about girl power in this era of the '90s? Which I know you're young and impressionable at the time, but you know it was Maxim magazine and all this stuff. And again, I, I not if you have a subscription to Maxim, I'm not taking that away from you. I'm just saying during that time, what did that all mean to you and how how you grew up with that uh, those thoughts in your head from them.
1: Yeah, I, I still think about that a lot because I I felt, even at that young age, I already felt frustrated and oppressed by boys and mm-hmm. the s- treatment they got versus what I got. And I remember kind of hating them because of that.
0: Hating Spice Girls? No,
1: hating boys oh, because well that's fair. of that. I was like, <laughs> I, I, I hate them. We're
0: going to go to the judges. It's, it's, allowed. it's, it's allowed. It's allowed?
1: Okay. <laughs> But so when the Spice Girls were actively saying girl power, I felt yeah. like, hell yes, like let's go all in with this. Let's get the shirts that say girl power and let's not forget it, that girls are amazing and, yeah. and fabulous. The kind of um, tension, I guess, was between what they were saying and the like very sexy way they were dressing. Sure. And so I remember always, I was so young, but I would hear the chitter chatter among the adults, like, is it really girl power if they're dressing for men Mm. versus, oh, really, are they dressing for men? I don't know that you could say they're dressing for men and being too young to understand what the parents were talking about. But um, in retrospect, I think, like, you know, they were very... In retrospect, they were sef- sex positive is yeah. what they were, and you can be feminist and sex positive, positive. Yeah. and they were all about – they were truly girl power.
0: C- c- controlling the narrative. Controlling their narrative, I yeah. should say. Uh, not to if anyone's not. Uh, uh, that's why I, I absolutely love Black Widow as a film. I'm not a huge MCU person, but I love it literally. The movie's not subtle. It literally says here's an entire country full of women, young women whose life has, has, has been controlled by the men literally up mm. in the clouds and, and, and tossed away. Killed mm-hmm. for no reason. Destroyed for no reason. They're narrative-controlled, and that, that movie is about is very much about that kind of stuff. And I look back at that kind of stuff, and it's like, that was never going to be my experience. Right. But for me to try to kick it out of the airplane and not understand it or ne- not uh, recognize yeah. it. Yeah, well, right. It's yeah. good you
1: can, you can recognize you, it. You're a human being, so yeah. you're aware, and you can yeah. get it.
0: And then also, just the song Slap. Is that yeah. Scott, is that the term? Scott, is that the term? Bangers. Bangers? Slap? Okay. It yeah.
1: definitely slaps. The song Slap... And even though they don't like, when I hear yeah when I when I hear a Spice Girl song because it's not I don't listen to them enough to get bored by them when I hear them occasionally sure. it's so exciting yeah same as when a Britney song comes on it's very exciting because yeah. it's the best
0: uh, well I, the the Britney stuff uh, I, I I shared the experiences on another uh, many podcasts so I don't I'll, I'll, I'll summarize it here but I. I Again, it's not not necessarily even designed for me on a musical level. It's not necessarily my experience with my song. It took the band Travis, a bunch of guys, get up on stage, and they, they opened a show for Oasis, and they're the ones that uh, Travis, uh, uh, Fran Healy comes out and says, we dedicate this next song to people who love music. And I was like, yeah, this is going to be great. And they start doing a cover of, of Hit Me Baby One More Time, and I just was like, almost tears, like, this song, this song speaks to me. And it took that moment. It did take them, but it took that moment for me just to be like, maybe I should get off whatever high horse I've climbed up on as a music star.
1: Yeah, no, that I I had a moment with that similarly where I I never liked Beyonce and then I heard a cover of a Beyonce song where it was broken down and I was like, oh, I'm the only reason I don't like. Beyonce mm-hmm. is because I have ideas about I'm too good for this right. or I should be too good for this. And yeah,
0: yeah. And look, not every, you're not going to connect to everything. You don't have to connect to everything. That's not the way it works. But I love that. All right. I think where do my post? Oh God, where do my post it note go? Well, okay. You have a you have a great piece of work in here. It fell, didn't it? it fell. Yeah,
1: it fell. You probably
0: know the page uh, about <laughs> becoming a Taylor Swift fan. Yes. Take me through this. It's fascinating. I read this. Here it is. My post it note did fall. How to become a Swifty. It starts in fall of 2008.
1: Yeah.
0: And it goes all the way up to pretty much present day here. Yeah, present in, in, in a great list. This, and I got it. I got it. And again, Taylor Swift's not someone I, I have had a strong connection to. Uh, I sometimes feel sorry for her. I'm like, what? why everyone, why does everyone hate this nice girl? Yeah. Um, take me through this journey here. Okay. Talk Swifty stuff to me. <laughs> so, Talk Swifty to me. Is that, is that
1: that's got to be something. That's got to be something. Right. Um, wh- when she first came out, I didn't care much about her that was 2006 I thought exactly what we're talking about now I thought oh that's country that's not for me Um, also I'm way too cool for this give me a break Um, but I couldn't have been more wrong and I think about that all the time how I missed out on those first two years of her because I was busy being too good for it but this poem depicts outlines the process of going from someone who knows nothing about Taylor Swift, doesn't care all the way to someone whose life has been deeply impacted by her lyrics and mm. her music and then into the territory of being obsessed and mm. thinking so much about her and when I, when I wrote the last part of the poem I was, in a, I was in a place where her album Lover was about to come out And I was just transfixed with like hanging on every word. Mm. What is she going to say next? When is the album going to come out? What's it going to be like? Mm. Um, And I was like, I can't believe I used to not care. There was a time when I cared nothing for this person.
0: That's so weird. huh? Yeah. I also love when that happens, this music, because I'm I'm a big music guy, obviously, but just like when you look back and you're like, I I, I missed it. I'm not just talking about some of the Spice Girls for me, but just like a band, an artist, a song that you were aware of, but then suddenly you go back and you're like, it was there all
1: along. It was there all along, right in front of my eyes. (laughs) She's so (laughs) talented as a songwriter, but she doesn't look like it on the outside necessarily. Now she does, but I mean, when you think like 2009 era, blonde, curly haired Taylor Swift, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: young, almost Barbie looking, you're like... I don't. I wouldn't look at that and say, "Oh, brilliant songwriter," but yeah. she is.
0: Um, did uh, are she? She's gone through a transition, like you're, you're kind of touching on here, just aesthetically or mu- musically. Uh, the beginning of the country thing, which yeah, the moment someone's any kind of label, it can it can shut part of your brain out. If you're like, I don't. I don't yeah, like that. Right. She's transitioned a little bit, which I think is a sign of growth as an artist. Yeah. Uh, was there any point you were like, this, is, this, this isn't this my tailor and you had to work through it, or just you've just followed her journey all along?
1: I have followed her journey all the way through mm. and have been very accepting of whenever she makes a big change. Mm. I've, I get very afraid every time I can tell she's about to make a big change because I think, oh, maybe I'm going to say I hate this, but I never... End up hating it.
0: Is is it that because the the core of who she is an artist just it remains right?
1: Yeah, yeah. She remains honest to a fault mm-hmm. and um, vulnerable. Not to a fault, vulnerable just in a very impressive way. Yeah, and that's at the core of all of it.
0: Yeah. It uh, to go back to Liz Fair in in early two thousands she big switch and she starts working with the matrix and this is the era of avril levine and and liz makes a a play for airplay unapologetically and and that album gets read but i i I wrote at the time i was writing uh, for tiny mixtapes.com this music scene of just like at the core of that album is a recently divorced single mother telling her tale just it's catchy tunes fine search for the heart search for the soul and that that always was there for me it sounds like taylor's just that type of artist
1: yeah and i remember and taylor actually recently i guess a over a year and a half ago now made a playlist of all her favorite women um, Mm. musicians who who inspired her and Liz Fair songs from that album were were on there and um, I think she did have an influence on Taylor in terms of like you can just write the truth the truth yeah
0: truth I love that. Write the truth. Yeah, and you've written the truth. You've written the I,
1: truth in here. Yeah, this is like I'm not lying.
0: Yeah, yeah. You're not. Yeah, no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, there's <laughs> there's some wonderful things in there. Uh We are uh, we're almost done here today. We're almost done. We got we got uh, some more things going, but uh, I don't mean to just turn this entire, entirely into a pop music conversation. I I just music is so powerful. But I'm I'm fascinated by this stuff because even now to hear someone say I absolutely love Taylor Swift, you're, you immediately think yeah. Really? Yeah, like not not me, but I'm like, and in my head I'm like, what is it you're supposed to love Barbara Streisand or something? Which, by the way, was my mom's favorite artist. But right. like, Taylor, uh, from that starting point as a, as a, as a country pop star, you you can keep someone in that box and not grow with them, and you have grown with her.
1: I yes, I have. Thank you.
0: As a music fan, I love that. I love yeah. hearing that kind of fan. Yeah,
1: that's not going to go away. Uh,
0: are you now going to write a a novel to meet Taylor? Or have you already met Taylor?
1: I wish I have. Okay. I have not. Um, the main character in this book is obsessed with Taylor Swift. It's the best. Um, in a kind of American Psycho way, where you know, mm. in, in American Psycho, <laughs> he always kind of like will randomly interrupt the plot to start talking about Whitney Houston and how upset. Yeah. Obses- and I, mo- I, I took that and thought, oh my god, I have to do that with Taylor Swift. So I worked that in where she's just like telling the story, but then she'll be like, when Taylor Swift did this, blah well, blah, and you're like. Is this girl okay? How did it, where? <laughs> <laughs> is, is
0: this girl okay? <laughs> Which is kind
1: part. of how my mind works. Also, it's modeled after my own brain, obviously.
0: Um, they get a good writer.
1: But so, um, yeah, I I wrote the Taylor Swift book and and. Actually, the the book, the novel I'm writing now is about also about a, a pop star very much inspired by Taylor Swift. So, you know, one-track mind sometimes.
0: It's it's No, it's perfect. Taylor, if you're watching right now, fake plastic girl in my hands. You need to read this book, and you need to get to know Zara, okay? I'm putting that out there. Manifesting. I'm manifesting that. All right. Uh, we are almost done here, but not before. Uh, we have some, uh, a segment uh, I, I call uh, Tell the Truth coming up, but before that, we got our weekly installment. Of the
2: Robbie Minute. You know, lots of things make me happy. Beautiful scenery makes me happy. A good book will always brighten my spirits. And who doesn't love an amazing piece of. But you know what brings me the most joy? Sharing joy with others. And there are so many ways you can do that. Call a loved one and share some good, funny, or interesting news with them. Somebody just started a petition to refilm the last installment of the Space Wizards trilogy. Call Ken. Ken is no longer accepting your calls because of the restraining order against you, Heifer. Perform a random act of kindness. I baked you a cake.
1: Um, there's a giant piece missing.
2: Don't be greedy. Compliment a stranger. That's very kind of you. And this has been your Robbie Minute. I am sweating. There'll be a puddle in a weave in about three seconds.
0: Robbie Smith teaching us all how to get through life. Share and enjoy the Robbie Minute, a regular segment here on Ken Goes Live. All right, Zara, we have reached our final segment of the night to tell the truth. All right. This is uh, three questions. and Don't worry. I'm not trying to get you. Okay. I'm not trying to dig too deep. But <laughs> there's just some things on the table that I, I, I want to know. I'll start with this. What do you say first about yourself now when describing what you do? Author or poet?
1: I say novelist. Ah,
0: that's a third option I didn't even
1: include. Didn't even think of yeah. Why? Um, because I feel like that's really what I do is write novels. Mm. Um, maybe one day I will author a memoir or something like that. But I, I, my favorite format is novels, fiction.
0: The Taylor Swift favorite book. Yeah.
1: Favorite series. <laughs> Taylor, <laughs> Taylor that's, Swift.
0: That's that. wonderful. Uh, okay, that makes sense. Are you? Are you at any point afraid of the poet label? Is that too much?
1: No. I mean I'm afraid of what it carries, yeah, and sure. that will will people roll their eyes at me if I yeah. say I'm a poet. Like for sure.
0: Look, if you're at a party and you get asked, I get the whole time, what do you do? I don't want to admit podcaster is one of them.
1: Yeah, that's yeah, <laughs> I yeah, right. It's it's people, It shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't be that way, but people have a People are jerks, basically. And if you're a poet, you're a poet. But also I think people, when you say you're a poet, people are like, oh, really? Like, you mean you've written some poems? Like, congratulations, who hasn't?
0: Um, And you can be like, yes.
1: Yes, I have. But so if if someone called me a poet, I would not be afraid of that. I'd say, oh, that's an amazing compliment.
0: Thank you. Do you have a shirt that just says poet on it?
1: Uh, that would be cool. No, we're, I
0: don't. We're going to get I that don't. for you. We'll work, we'll work that out. Amazing. We'll that out. <laughs> I will wear it. Um, what uh, what type of reality show would you be really good on?
1: Oh, that is interesting. Okay. I think um, I'd be I'd be really good in a terrible way at, at like, one of those um, uh, real-world type mm. things where like I think I would be a mess on it but I think that's good for yeah. the ratings people would <laughs> be a mess people would, would want to watch it like what
0: kind of mess um, slapping your roommates or crying in the confessional booth
1: crying all the time <laughs> and <laughs> like being like I can't stand it here having a breakdown every day um and I think that would make for good TV people yeah, would come back right. to see like when Zara going to have a melt another meltdown <laughs>
0: <laughs> what real world city would you want it to Want to do this in? Um, Which season?
1: Um. I don't know the seasons of, like, where they've been. Where have they been?
0: It's been, I mean, by the time it all kind of wrapped up everywhere. But Seattle was one of mine. A lot of drama the Seattle house.
1: I love Seattle, so that would be fun. And and a dramatic setting would have been a good one for me. Yeah,
0: I think there was a a slap, a lot of crying. Seattle was a good spot there.
1: I've only slapped one person, and and it was my best friend. And I'm sorry, Hannah, for that time that I slapped you. Oh, well.
0: Hannah, you know, you're not here to defend yourself, but who, who knows? Who knows what happened? <laughs> I don't want to say anyone deserved anything, but Hannah will dig into that. All right, final question. <laughs> I always, I, I, don't, I never want to, I never want to put any guest on the spot. I never want to get too personal if they don't want to, but I, I've got to ask this question What is one of the best things about getting married in Vegas that no one thinks about? Oh Just, but, so I attended your wedding virtually. It was one of my pandemic highlights. It's a lot of fun.
1: There are so many cool things about getting married in Vegas that no one thinks about that I never would have thought about I don't even know where to start or how to count but my aside from like Elvis being there to marry you which Mm -hmm. was hilarious and he was in character and I couldn't get him out of character he stayed in character the whole time I asked him where he was from and he was like Memphis (laughs) and Scott (laughs) said it too with him in unison and I was like (laughs) what do you think I was Finish. like, obviously. Um, uh-huh, I was like, okay, like, uh, I've, I was just trying to ask a question. <laughs> ah. Um, But what I really loved, and maybe is this is corny and romantic, but like, it, to walk from our hotel room just across hmm. the street to this little chapel at night by ourselves at sunset, get married really fast, and then walk back like as a married couple Alone, again, alone, unbothered by the crowds and mm. the, the people who had come to, who normally come to see you at a normal wedding. Yeah. Um, just to go there unmarried and to walk away back to our room six minutes later, a married couple was so cool. And then our hotel room, they upgraded us to a penthouse suite, which was, I mean, that's the coolest part. A couple really. of chips and a penthouse suite. Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> Here you go. Uh, that you, you truly are uh, uh, a poet and a heart of. A, you, I love how you describe that. I'm not saying I'm not, I, I've never been married myself. This engagement is more of a you know we'll see. It's a Kurt Russell Goldie Hawn thing right now. Okay. Um, that's okay. Uh, I've been to some giant weddings, and five months later, they were filing paperwork. You know, and, yep. and it, that ain't everything. And I'm not if you've had a giant wedding out there that that ain't that ain't I'm not casting aspersions, but every every couple talks about. It. I don't even remember it. Uh, everyone's coming up to you, yes. uh, all that stuff, you, and you got to experience the actual spirit of the of the event.
1: I always think people always say. I hear that all the time. I don't, they say I don't remember it. It went by like a blur. And even though ours was six minutes only, mm. I f- I it did. It was not a blur. I remember everything about it, mm. and I always will remember everything about it.
0: That's wonderful.
1: So yeah, I loved it.
0: Yeah, you know, you might see if I can convince uh, Grace Vegas. My work. Vegas, it's my work. so
1: fun. It was so fun.
0: <laughs> I love it. And it was great. It was. Uh, I got the invite, and you know. I love love. I love weddings. I love dancing at weddings. I love, again, been, we've all been to some wonderful weddings. But it's like you get that invite. You're like, okay, okay, yeah, i got to uh, put some time out. Okay, I'll, I'll block that time off. And, and Scott was like, yeah, it's going to be like minutes. I was like, I, I had like sweatpants <laughs> on. I watched it from a live stream. It was the best wedding I attended. I wasn't even there. Yeah.
1: I, a lot of people <laughs> have said that because it's so brief. We were just in, out, happy, laughing, joking the whole yeah. time. And so, yeah, it was it was really uh, fun, really easy.
0: Absolutely love that. Absolutely love that. You have done it. You have told the truth. Oh,
1: I did. I told the truth.
0: You told the truth. You told the truth. (laughs) Uh, We are almost out of here. As always, we like to kind of uh, wrap this all up with a little thing we call what we learn. What did we learn today? Uh, Nothing is disposable when it comes to entertainment because it reaches someone. It connects with someone. The story that you don't hear is being heard by someone else. Also, we heard it's better to go to Vegas, get married, get an upgrade and just live in the moment. And also, it's okay to chase your dreams, to write poetry, to share yourself and to be vulnerable. We learned that because of our guest today, Zara Lisbon. Thank you, so much. Thank you kindly and thank you so much for coming in. Thank
1: today. you so much for having me. This was fun.
0: Did, was it okay? Yeah. You okay? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I know you don't do a lot of video interviews. Yeah, I no, want to make sure you're comfortable. Great.
1: This was really great.
0: Did a kaika treat you well at the front door?
1: Oh, yeah. Everyone was really nice. No
0: upgrades here, but no. It's it's <laughs> the good. whole
1: thing was an upgrade. The Just look at this video upgrade.
0: situation. Uh, we got all these books. You can find all these books. You can go right now to wherever. Find books are booked. Uh, Amazon, all those other ones. Well, anything specific uh, if they want to get the book? if you want to track it down?
1: Um, It's really easy on Amazon, but I would love you to go to your local bookstore and ask them to order it for you if it's not already there.
0: Yes, and speaking as someone who's hawking books all the time... why we love Star Wars. But if you go to the bookstore and they don't have it and they order it, they'll usually order a couple yeah, and then some other people. Some other people make it. Yeah, Yeah. Check it out. I absolutely loved my experience uh, reading all these poems in Baby's First Apocalypse. Great photo. Some jerk take this photo?
1: Yeah, so my husband, your friend, Scott, took that photo. Let's not
0: assume too much with that (laughs) label.
1: (laughs) The person you know.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely (laughs) a friend. Yeah,
1: he took that photo Uh, during quarantine, which is why I used it.
0: Perfect. It's beautiful. I'll have him maybe do some headshots for me.
1: No, he, He's a great photographer.
0: He is. He's a very talented man. He's very well. He's we'll a, yeah. We'll put him in the hot seat. Yeah. Yeah he'd, yeah. he'd
1: do good. He'd do well. <laughs>
0: Uh, Thank you all for watching here today. We love bringing you all the content that we uh, can. Uh, And uh, we have got some content on the way. That's right. Tomorrow, Josh Brady, special guest, Nick Scarpino, Greg Miller from Kind of Funny. They'll be checking in virtually in studio in the morning. Mark Ellis returns. Mark Ellis and I, quite frankly, are going to be hawking stand-up comedy Tickets and shows. That's right. Mark Ellis and I and uh, Daniel Bridge Gad from the GPA family are going to be up in Seattle, Washington or thereabouts at the El Elcor Zone Theater. You can go to markellis.live for more information, get tickets. We'll be talking about that tomorrow. And I think I just added a show at the Haha ha Club locally with Daniel Bridge Gad on August 34th, 31st. More details coming on that as well. But more information if you watch the positivity report in the morning. Uh, Ikaika, we do have a new chicken break coming on Saturday, right? You do? Yeah. We do? If you guys enjoyed Josh Makuga and Ikaika Shifley eating chicken bakes from Costco, part two, an entire new bake is coming your way uh, this Saturday. Don't forget to uh, subscribe to the podcast version of the shows. This will be on there as well. You can just search Good People Association wherever you find podcasts. That is it for now, my friends. We'll see you next time on Ken Goes Live. Peace. <laughs>